It's Friday the 5th of October and I've slept in until about 10 o'clock, 10.30 in the morning. Mum and Dad have headed out for the day and I know I'm going to be here all day by myself. And I don't have anything planned, not working today. And yesterday I started just drinking water in the morning, warm water, when I felt hungry. I went for a drive into Melbourne from the country. And uh, that, I don't know if anyone else gets that pain in the morning. It kind of, it could maybe be confused with hunger. You know, I think I used to think, oh, I'm hungry, I'll go eat. Um, and it's a real pain because really the thought of eating, I don't really want to eat. But I think, well, I must eat because it must be the hunger pain. Uh, and so instead I thought, why not just drink warm water? You know, people have said that sometimes thirst is confused with hunger. And considering we need to drink so much water every day, because that's what we've made up of a lot. I thought, All right, okay, let's just drink warm water until I feel hungry. So I drank all the warm water during the drive on the way into the city and I also had a fresh juice that my mum very kindly made, carrot, apple and all those other things that she's chucked in there, maybe a bit of ginger. So I was drinking warm water and I was drinking that and it wasn't until lunchtime where I felt, oh, actually now I feel hungry, like I actually felt hunger pain and I knew it was hunger. I'm like, mm, ready for food. Um, and I kind of went through the rest of the day like that. And I thought, you know, I felt good. It, it very smoothly got rid of that pain in the morning by drinking the water instead of just giving myself food. I've been feeling so sluggish and I'm carrying so much excess fat on my front. I kid you not. Like I am currently sitting at 139 kilos and I have a massive pile of belly fat sitting on the front of me, around me, and I can also feel it getting squished up in the back fat too. And I'm just, I'm uncomfortable. I really am uncomfortable. It's funny how comfortable you can get until you all of a sudden gain five kilos and then you can really feel that. So I've gone to a point where I want to do something about it, but my struggle the last few months have been zero willpower. I just have gotten to a point where I'm 36, I've been fat all my life, and I can't do this anymore. Like, every time I try to lose weight, every time I lose weight, I regain it, and more. And I know a lot of it's emotional, but, you know, that is what leads to what I put in my mouth, so I'm just recording this today only because of just how nice it felt this morning with what I actually chose to do, having a bit of peace and quiet. And maybe this is uh, a benefit of living on your own because you don't follow other people's habits and uh, it's easier just to go at your own pace in life. Um, on the other hand, it's really nice to have family around so you don't feel lonely. So it's a bit of a, you know, double-sided thing. So I woke up 
I was still in my pyjama top. I'm still in my pyjama top now. Whacked on some pants, jeans. And I walked into the kitchen and it's nice and clean and tidy, which makes me feel like my mind is clean and tidy. When, when everything's everywhere, I'm just like, ugh, you know, can't do this. So I decided, I saw the grapefruit. There was two grapefruit left in the basket. And they've been sitting there a while. I got them off the side of the road. So they've been growing locally. There's a whole box of them and they were lovely. And I wasn't sure how these two still were. Anyway, I grabbed one and had a look at them and they looked all right. I cut one open expecting you know, it to maybe be bad, but it was firm and it was beautiful, perfectly in good condition. So homegrown fruit and veg, yes, they do last a lot longer. <laughs> I nearly put honey on it and then I thought, oh, maybe I should put like Canadian maple syrup because that's a natural sweetener. <laughs> I only so it's honey, I guess. But then I just thought, wait, why don't you just eat it as it is? Why are you trying to sweeten it all up? And plus, we know that sugar in any form, really, we don't really need it. We get, we get it all over the place, even when we don't know we're getting it. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to eat the grapefruit as it is. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, God, it's going to be as bitter as a lemon and it's going to be awful. So I cut... I cut it open and I cut around it and sliced it into little chunks and let it sit in itself. And I took a spoon and I went outside with a cup of hot boiled water. I filled my flask as well so I can just use that throughout the day instead of having to reboil a kettle every time I want a hot cup of water. And um, just yeah, I pulled a chair up to the garden bed where mum had just planted three new tomato plants. And it's mid-morning, and that mid-morning sun is just beautiful. And I sat there and just absorbed the sun. When I first went out, the clouds were covering the sun, and it was a little cool. And I ate my first mouthful of this grapefruit, and all this saliva came drawing into my mouth. And I just sort of pressed down it softly and I'm like, mmm, that's intense. But it was enjoyable. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't awful. It was enjoyable. And I, I'm very well aware that drinking lemon juice and having these acidic fruits in the morning actually alkalize the body. And that's the best time to have them before you have anything else. I believe that if you have them later in the day and after other foods, it actually is acidic to the body and it's not a great idea. So here I am thinking, right, well, I'm going to help cleanse my liver and do some, alkalize my body and do some good stuff while I'm eating this. And I'm just sitting there. I thought, they talk about talking to the plants. <laughs> I felt a bit silly. So I'm like, good morning, tomatoes. How are you feeling in your new spot in the ground? settling in <laughs> they're looking pretty good they're just little plants at the moment only 20 30 centimeters high uh, just babies and and then I got thinking about I've been wanting to go to Ikara in Greece because it's a blue zone and a blue zone is an area that's still quite pristine in the environment and longevity of the culture and the people 
so Ikara has been listed as a blue zone and I learnt this because I listened to a microbiologist talk whose name is Compton Ron and he was talking about the microbes in our body and that he's been on the island of Ikara, they found a unique microbe on the wine grapes there and they still make their wine traditionally, they stomp the grapes, they pour them into clay pots in the earth and they make this wine uh, an old traditional way and of course you think about the whole process, of course it's going to have a lot of microbes in there um, and it's all just, you know, they do a lot of fermenting of sourdough and fermenting cheese and all this stuff is just amazing for the gut. And to be honest, the way I feel right now, I feel like my gut is crying for help. I feel like my body is just out of whack and it's just not feeling great. Um, and I, I would love just to get some good microbes into me. Um, unfortunately, I believe the only way to get them in longer term at the moment is faecal transplant, which, you know, doesn't, is as bad as it sounds. <laughs> but um, they have ways of doing that. So I'm eating my grapefruit. I'm thinking about Ikara. I'm just thinking, you know, the whole idea of going to Ikara is the fact that I love the idea that they're growing their own produce. They're self-sufficient. A lot of them are off the grid. Some of them don't even have internet. Um, and everything they eat, they, well, traditionally, these, I mean, not everyone, of course, everyone can have their own choice of what they do, but there's a lot of people who will only eat what they make. And I love that idea. And we've got this garden bed out here and that's all we've got in it. Three tomato plants that were just planted yesterday. And as I'm eating this grapefruit, I'm thinking, well, I'm eating something from nature. It hasn't been processed. I haven't added anything to it that hasn't come from nature. And I'm just enjoying it. And I'm drinking warm water. And then I was just thinking, well, what if I just did that? What if I just fantasized and romance myself in good natural food. I eat food emotionally and when I was cutting up that grapefruit I thought I'm just going to enjoy it for its natural state. It hasn't been interfered by man or any other anything else and when I eat emotionally and I'm going for chocolate and potato cakes and fish and chips and lollies and all the wrong foods, it's giving me instant gratification in a way. And maybe I'm replacing that, you know, I'm eating that food in replacement of not feeling loved or being lonely or something. But really, it's kind of like a bad one-night stand. I mean, it gives you instant gratification. Or you think you're going to get instant gratification. And then afterwards, it's really not that great. You know? And you're kind of like, why the hell did I do that? <laughs> why the hell did I do that? And I just end up more 
fatter and unsatisfied and lonely and depressed and just being like, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my life? And I've spent a lot of time, I feel like I've spent a lot of my life asking those depressed questions and being on this up and down emotional roller coaster. I have great moments, but they never last. And unfortunately, I feel like the down moments last longer than the up moments. Um, and I tell you, the only thing I think that keeps me going is knowing that, well, if I'm down, it's got to go up again. And if I'm up, I always kind of think, well, be prepared, you're going to go down again. So appreciate while you're up here. And maybe today recording this might be the start or the opening of starting to head back up that roller coaster of a high, not a high, but you know, like a, just where you feel like everything is as it should be and you're happy and you're balanced, you know? Because I've just been so sluggish and lethargic and down. And no one really, you don't really hear this stuff on Facebook, nor do I don't think people really want to. So I, I just never would think to post how I'm feeling right now because I don't want a lot of people coming at me going, oh, it'll be okay, Rebecca. Oh, you're so lovely and you're such an attractive girl and it's okay, don't. You know, it'll be fine, you'll do well. I don't need, I don't want all that. I don't want all these sympathies. But the only benefit is if, if someone hears this and they've been feeling the way I've been feeling, then maybe they'll just hear what I said and it, it leaves them with some hope or some inspiration to try something themselves. And when I say that, really, all I've done is try to slow down. I mean, I thought I was slowing down by sleeping in and moping around the house. That's not slowing down. That's just being depressed and sad and lazy. But today, I've just, even though I'm still in my pyjamas, fair enough, you know, the next day we'd be going to have a shower and get dressed, I guess. But... <clears throat> Maybe it's being present and just taking the time to appreciate things and choosing that grapefruit this morning. Like, I didn't want anything from that grapefruit. I just wanted to enjoy that grapefruit. And so lovely sitting out in the sun. And it was intense sun. It was really hot at some points on my legs. But it was so nurturing. That sun was like a warm hug. You know, it just, it comes up and out and surrounds you. And then you get a little bit of a breeze. And then it goes away because like a cloud might go past or something and then it comes up again <clears throat> and it has all these intensities and I used to think how do these plants like 
live? How do they not die with this intense sun on them all the time? But when you just sit in nature for a little while, you realise it has its own frequency and vibration and it just, it's not constant all the time. There's little variations in everything in nature. There's little altering sounds and breezes and movement and just nothing stands still. So it's, it's all happening and everything, I notice even the weeds, everything is trying to grow. You know, you find a little spot and these things start to grow. So I kind of think, you know, we're all meant to grow. And I guess we naturally are, our bodies are always growing, they're not standing still. But what am I doing to my body that's making it grow a certain way? You know, it hasn't, hasn't really grown the way I want it to, but it's probably grown the way I've focused on it to, <laughs> unconsciously. I'm very good at, at attracting what I don't want because I'm focused on that. It's really peaceful, sitting, observing the breath, and just being present and calm. <clears throat> and I guess that's the kind of experience that I was, I'm looking to get when I go to Ikara, along with some learning of cooking and how they make this and that and their diet and just getting into the culture and, and all those wonderful things. But I'm, I guess I'm just thinking, why not try to live a little bit like how I expect to live in Ikara right here. And it's just going to require for me just to be focused and a little bit stronger. Because it's so easy to just say, oh yes, oh thank you, I'll eat that. Instead of being like, no, what are you going to choose? Like what experience do you want right now? I mean, I am a... I'm a very affectionate person and I have a lot to give and I want my life to be full of passion, deep connection. I want to live and share my life with a man that I just enjoy talking to and that I can see having great conversations until the day we die, you know, and someone who just gets it and he's not all hung up on assuming stupid things about women, you know, that like, oh, I'm scared because she wants kids and marriage and I'm not ready and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's all bullshit insecurities and stupid thinking that men have. <clears throat> it's like, hang on a sec. Yeah, I might like the idea of getting married. I might like the idea of having kids at some point. But, you know, settle down, mate. I don't even know you yet. Like, I don't know if you're the one I want to do that with. So, you know, chill. Um, but I shouldn't even have to say that. I shouldn't even have to, you know, defend that. When you connect with someone, when I connect with someone, it's easy. 
and it's like we get each other and neither of us are scared and there's none of this stupid game playing or stupid behavior because you can communicate because I can communicate with that person I wouldn't feel insecure about my body with this person I wouldn't question trust with this person we understand each other so well because we understand ourselves that we know what each other needs and we are always in clear communication so there's no need to fear I don't know the other person cheating on the other because if that person ever got that feeling pop up in their mind about someone I'd like to think my partner can come and talk to me about that and we can actually have a chat about that first. I would prefer that than finding out someone's gone and slept with someone and said, I'm so sorry, it meant nothing. Like, that's bullshit. You know, it meant something because you acted on it. You felt something enough that you were prepared to do that. But I think it's important to have these sort of conversations openly and without judgment and stay in a conversation instead of getting hot-headed about things and then not actually finishing that conversation because someone's taken something the wrong way or taking it personally. So I'm 36 and I'm single for a reason. I could have gotten married at 28. But he wasn't the one. And everyone around me, a lot of my friends are all getting married and having children. And it's very easy to look at that and think they've got it all and I've got nothing. And assume that, (laughs) I guess, when you think someone's married and got children that they're all happy and everything's perfect and... Their life is on track, you know. They've bought the house, they've got the car, they've got good jobs, they're managing, they're coping, they seem to, you know, they've got it. And here I am, single, with none of that. No house, no kids, no husband, no boyfriend, no career. But a history of experiences, travel, culture, language, all while being extremely overweight. (laughs) It's kind of like, for me, my weight is like this dead anchor to earth. It just, I think it's the thing that just keeps pulling me back down. And and maybe there's some universal entity that knows I need to be overweight because maybe I would just... If I was in my ideal body right now and I was happy with my body and there'd probably be nothing stopping me and maybe I would get a little bit too far away from being grounded 
because I just get so naturally excited about things when everything's going good. And maybe my weight is just an anchor to ground me to earth. And that's the first time I'm actually thinking that I'm grateful for it. Who's ever grateful for being overweight? Because I hate it so much. It is, I have allowed it to stop me from pursuing a lot of things that I've wanted in this life. I've allowed it to make me feel not worthy, not good enough. I've allowed it to let people go out of my life because I don't think I deserve to have them while I'm at this weight. And they should not have to put up with that. And how can they love me? When they say they love me, how can they love me? Because I look at my body and I'm like, I don't love it. And I can appreciate they've just loved who I am. And they're just doing the same as I am and just trying to ignore the physical fat that sits there. But at some point in some areas of life, you know, it can get in the way a little bit. It doesn't make life easy. So I push people away and I do it harshly. I push people away and then I have broken my own heart in the process. Yet I think it's them that has broken my heart because they don't come after me when I tell them it's over. And I write a three-page letter and I say, don't ever talk to me again, don't ever speak to me again. I think there's part of me that thinks if they really love me, they will come after me and prove it. I guess you just never expect them to actually just follow what I'd ask them to do and do what the letter says. I mean, there have been guys who... I've thought of my whole life that I've known since grade five and I've been attracted to and I've had crushes on and off through high school and I guess there's just never been any interest on their side of things as far as I can see and I just think well that's because I'm fat and And I just think, oh, you know, keep popping myself back into these, this person's life. 
And I think, oh God, he, he must think I'm crazy. <laughs> and I keep thinking of him and I go, you know what, just stay away, Rebecca, because until you are down to your goal weight, there's no purpose. Like, once you your goal weight, go up to him, ask him out. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Fair enough. At least it's for, you know, real reasons and it's not, you know, because I guess my fat is an excuse. Because if I'm at my goal weight and he's still not interested, then I can't hide behind anything anymore. It just not interested. So maybe that's what the weight is. Maybe I'm hiding behind. Hiding behind my real self about how I'm perceived maybe. I've always known, like, you know, they say fat is a just a big layer of protection. But come on, I don't need this much protection. This is ridiculous. It's disgusting. And you'd think, huh, well, when you were losing weight before, isn't that enough to keep you going? You'd think, you'd think. But I don't know, like, something emotional triggers or something emotional happens, something happens and I'm off again and I'm on a spiralling path back to weight gain. I'm not confident in knowing how to handle male attention. I think maybe a Catholic upbringing has, I don't know, because everything's like no, no, no. So the cheekiness comes out and as a kid in a Catholic school, you're like, but I want to know. And then we get all cheeky and start hiking our skirts up and showing our knickers to the boy next to us sitting in church because it makes him giggle. Or we run around with our girlfriend in school <laughs> and zip and unzip our school dresses as a joke. Zip, 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 zip. Like, <laughs> it's funny to risk pretending to show boob or something. <laughs> and this is at eight years old. It's going behind those library doors with a boy and your girlfriend and say, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. <laughs> and not actually happening because we're all too scared and we all like, just not do it anyway. There's so many life experiences that maybe it's just a misinterpretation or I make it mean something and I've taken the wrong meaning but I've made it fact in my subconscious mind. I hate that I'm so quick to feeling so emotional, just over a thought. Like, why can't I keep my shit together? I actually really thought that being emotional was a good thing because it means I'm processing it. It means I'm allowing it to come up and out 
But, you know, in the corporate world, if you get emotional, it's like, fuck, you're weak. It's not seen as a strength. It's seen as a weakness. Personally, the people who don't get emotional, I think, are weak because they aren't connecting, they don't care. To me, they just, if someone's not getting emotional, I don't think they care enough. I think if you really give a shit about something, it's emotional. Some people go through this life just not giving a shit. Or where they do give a shit is a different area of their life and maybe not at work. Good for them. Anyway, (laughs) what was I talking about? I was talking about my grapefruit this morning and basically the idea of just having a better relationship with food. And for me, I think it has to be an indulgent... What are the words? (laughs) An indulgent stimulating, you know, where things, I can just smell the fruit and veggies and I can breathe and I can take one mouthful at a time and I can just have this erotic relationship with fruit where it just feeds my soul. And I think I've confused those sort of words and linked them to the act of sex. So I'm not talking about having sex with my food. (laughs) But I want the intimacy with my food. And I, for some weird reason, I think I've confused that with relationships. I... I think like sex is the ultimate end to intimacy and actually every time, you know, or I have sex to try and crave that intimacy but it's not, intimacy doesn't lie within sex. You have to have that intimacy with someone first and then the sex is intimate. And that's the only time I've had really good sex when I've already had intimate intimacy with the person I'm with. So I don't need to have I just weird. So I'm not talking about having sex with food, just to be clear. Uh, unless we're putting it unless I'm with someone else in a relationship and we're mucking around with food on our bodies, fair enough. But I'm just saying, I need to have a really good, intimate relationship with food. Because like I said earlier, the way I've been eating my food emotionally, at a fast pace, not really caring, just putting it in my mouth, it's really just been like a dirty one night stand. And it's just made my body feel like a trash can and something worth throwing out, something that's not worthy, you know? So if I, in my mind, if I have this intimate 
relationship with food where I value and appreciate everything I have and I think anything that's just come straight out of the garden or from nature I give extra attention to because and gratitude for because that food is just gonna go down beautifully in my body and I think appreciating each piece for itself we, we mix up a lot of the foods a lot and a lot and a lot and that that has a great aspect too you know just putting all these items together and there's a lot of things where one complements another I think it's like a, a level I feel like I could draw a graph right now like one of those triangular pyramids of like a singular piece of fruit or vegetable is like the ultimate thing just appreciate each piece on its own and then you've got one piece and another piece and they go together and they just complement each other like basil and tomatoes you know like you know that when you put this with that it just is like wow it's another level but you also it's also nice to appreciate each on their own and then you've got the next level where you can have three and four and start mixing you know, maybe you're doing all fruits or maybe you're starting to even take it a little sideways and add vegetables and fruits together. And, and then way down the bottom is where you add in, you know, things like other, other aspects outside of the fruit and vegetable range, like maybe your grains and this and that. And so I just feel like I need to, I feel like I've been at the very bottom where I've just been eating anything and anything, just like a pig with its slops. Like, I haven't been appreciating my food and valuing, you know, what it really, how it really can nourish the body. And I think it's just put my whole body into confusion. So I feel like I'm just going to, it's not a diet, but it's just an idea. Just experimenting with eating you know just baking a sweet potato sitting down and just enjoying a raw baked sweet potato I mean I can see myself really enjoying that cutting up some pumpkin and just roasting it baking a potato and just eating a raw potato, no butter, no salt, which is like this part of me that's just like, whoa, whack on the salt and butter. But like, I need to taste these things in their raw state and decide, do I like it or don't I? And I think the more I find that I actually like them in their raw state, the less I'll feel the need to cover it in salt and butter and other stuff. So that's what I'm going to have a crack at from here on out. Food appreciation. Intimate relations with food. <laughs> no, that sounds creepy. Building an intimate appreciative relationship with food void of additives Whew. well 
I feel like I'm done. I feel like that's my spiel. I've said what I feel I need to have said. So, hmm. Well, that was an interesting <laughs> conversation. What's that? 40 minutes. Wow. 40 minutes of me just randomly processing in silence. <laughs> Okay, well, done. If you've just listened to this full 40 minutes, um, thank you. <laughs> and um, I don't know, I'd love to know what you got out of it, if you did get anything out of it. I know I've gotten a lot out of it just by letting it out. So anyway, bye. <laughs>